Welcome, everybody, to another installment of Innovation Crush. It's me, Chris Denson, at Densonology on your social media dial. Uh, in case you guys are tuning in for the first time ever, this show covers all things innovation, ideas, creativity, smart people doing smart things. And uh, I think I'm, 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 I may just audition today. So um, just be on the lookout for me to drop some bars and or oh, man. flat, really, you know, some flat singing. Really? Yeah, really? yeah. But, but it works for me. Well, uh, I'm the, I'm the worst singer, worst rapper. So, you know. oh, that's, that's so we, at least maybe you from a group. You got to hold a record of some sort. Yeah, of maybe from a group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we could do we could do mumble rap. <laughs> I, I do it daily. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a mumble rap song that was also fast rap today, and I because I was I started on Rich the Kid. Cause yeah. congratulations on signing him, by the way. Uh, um, yeah. and then I was I went to something else, and it uh, was like. You know, Spotify is just like yeah. the next song. I was like, yeah. "What is that? You rapping fast and mumbling? That's, you, know, you can't you pick a lane." <laughs> fast mumbling, <laughs> exactly. Al Branch, say hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Uh, good. Live and direct from House Queens. Oh, you said everyone. You didn't say me, but I'm. I answered it. I answered for everyone. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> they trust you. They listen to you. You, you. It's about you right now. Exactly. They listen exactly. to you. Yeah. Why don't you review me? <laughs> um, let's so Chris, start. how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling really great. Great. Right, we great, got this great. group going, uh, kicking off. Yeah. So uh, let's just start with a little one on one. Um, how how do you explain what Al Branch is? Um, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm a human being. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> um, just a just a really fun loving, you know, fun loving guy who just wants everyone to be happy and win, and you know, just uh, love music, the music, the passion for music. Like I got my friends, all your teams, like, oh, you know, what you want to do? I was like, I want to make records, man. That's my life. I'm a record guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do no other shit. Yeah, I don't want to invest in real estate. Companies, <laughs> right, make, right. To paint on the signs, and it's cool. I don't want to pickle trucks. I don't. I just want to just work and find great artists and do fun shit. Um, how does that start? Because you know, it's one thing to say it; it's yeah. another thing to do it. Yeah. So, and I think every you have you yeah. have one of those roles, and we'll get into it. But like, yeah. it's it's sexy on the surface, and everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, I want to. Uh, I would love to do that." Yeah. Um, but to actually get in it and do it well, like, yeah. when did that all start for you? Um. You know, I, I'm in the in the rare situation because like I, I have like some of the best partners and friends that ever can imagine. So I think that's what I was lucky on. Um, this like manifestation, getting a good team together, you know, and it's like and just learn to appreciate the team and you know the the differences and strengths and weaknesses of each person in your team and utilizing it to the fullest. Um, you know, I, I never had a problem. Um, you know, I come from a. I played basketball at a high level as a kid, so I've always understood team concepts. I was never the star on the team. Right. I was just the. I was a good, good rebounder and block shots. Sorry to hear defense. that. Nah, was, no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear you want to start a basketball. Well, you know, you get you get what you put out of shit. Like you, know, you don't want to. You want to take summers off in eighth grade. You know, right. <laughs> like I'm the pros. I'm like, yeah, I think it's summer. It's too hot. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, it's, it's I think it's summer off. It's too warm. <laughs> To be good, warm. It's, too warm. it's concrete. This, this asphalt is smoldering. Yeah, you know collect heat. Is this collecting heat? Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, man, it's just a lot. And um, so, but it was the best thing in my life, man. So I went to, uh, you know, I played high school basketball in Queens. You know, Queens, New York City. You know, growing up in that, it's like basketball's a thing. It's like a religion for us out there. 
And um, so, you know, I played, you know, during high school, high school, and um, and I went to uh, this really uh, one of the best uh, basketball camps called Five Star. And I went um, my sophomore going to junior year and had a good time. Then I went back my junior going to senior year, which is my last year. So, you know, uh, when I went my my final year, I mean, you're talking about, like, Everybody from like Stephon Marbury, this everybody at this camp, wow. a lot of the alumni, the all stars, most of them went to the NBA. Yeah, like for real, for real. Like I mean, I was there. Like with Rasheed Wallace was there. Rasheed Wallace, Travis Best, um, shit, uh, Orlando Antigua, Antigua, who plays for the Globetrotters wow. for a while. Um, but anyway, but so what happened? What changed my life was so you know, you get there and it's, it's hell because it's like it's like. Training camp meets skill camp meets basketball. Like it's crazy. It's like yeah. some other shit. It's like it's the first you in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Get one hour out of it. Um, no, no woman. One hour of rest is like opposite yes. of prison. No woman. No females. Whatsoever. <laughs> I like that. I hate this already. I hate it already. Anyway, so it's like no, but you had to, you get up like you got up like um to six a.m. You heard this loudspeaker. It was like August six a.m in the middle of mountains and shit, it's like literally 45 degrees. Right. And, and you hear Frank Sinatra music. And that's, that's how you <laughs> that's wake up. Played the yeah, and that's how you wow. wake up. The Frank Sinatra music. You got 15 minutes to be dressed and on the court for your first workout, wow. for your morning workout. Right. I was like, this shit sucks. So, and you be starving, man, and you can't eat until you work out. Jeez. Oh, man, it was terrible. Um, it was what, so cold. It's one thing I, like, I, I hear often with people yeah. from New York is, yeah. like, early on, like, building of networks. Like, people you mm -hmm. didn't know were going to grow yeah. to be. Like, I, yeah. there was a guy I talked to. He was like, oh, I went to summer camp. Same, very similar yeah. story. It wasn't a basketball camp. Yeah. It was just, like, a summer camp. And he was like, X, Y, Z, went to this, this, this person yeah. went there. And they were, like, 11, 12, 13, yeah. 14. <laughs> and suddenly, you, you know, you grow up. It, yeah. Forty years later, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. uh, two years <laughs> yes, later, almost forty years later, <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, and suddenly you like it's still part of your DNA. Yeah. So it, you started off talking about so, like so, you want to see people win. So I'm gonna tell you what happened. So yeah. here's a change in my life, right? Here's what I learned about being lazy and not just kind of faking it. So like I said, um, went to the camp for a second year. Like, I knew this was my shot. You know, best camp. So I go to the camp and I'm playing well, but I'm in like the second league. So it's the Premier League, and I'm in the second league. So I'm in the second league, and um, it was it was it was a guy on the team, and me and him was the, the workhorse of the team. Like it was me. Um, his name was um, holy shit, that's a crazy Alvin, name, Alvin Williams. Oh, okay, that's holy I, shit. I think Alvin Williams, right? So, yeah. so we're playing. So he's from Philadelphia. We're playing ball. We getting along like that. Next day, two days later, he's gone. I'm like we we got a game with Alvin. Oh, he got promoted to the to the higher league, and I was like, okay, cool. So. I still made the all-star team in my respective league. It wasn't the division one league, like the you know, the D two league. I was still right. but I made the all-star team. And I realized like, you know what? I didn't give my all. Mm. I'm not going hard enough. And that motherfucker played hard and he went to the NBA. Yeah. He played for Toronto Raptors. That's crazy. But I knew from that moment, I was like, you know what? I said, like, this I said this music. It's not gonna be I, I right. And I was like 17 years old. I said, this music shit is what I already care about. That's I'm not, I'm not willing to get up every day and Play ball eight hours a day. Is, I, you know, I want to take summers off. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, you know my daughter's been applying to high school. She's yeah. and uh, she wrote a uh, her essay mm -hmm. on this idea of 
being good at something and being passionate about something. Yes. And it was like being good is yeah. like you said, like yeah. I, you were decent in basketball. Yeah. You, you yeah. could have gone on. Her, yeah. For her, it was dance. Right? Yeah. And then swim became the thing that she was passionate about. Uh-huh. Wasn't good at it. Yep. Didn't have any mm-hmm. experience. But same thing. Got promoted up yeah. to the ranks in the, in the team and mm-hmm. became swimmer of the month. Not that the show was about dope. my daughter. Oh, but, dope. you know, said, so like what was that like? stepping into passion out of something i mean it was it was um it was life changing because that that's the moment i realized i knew i said no excuses and i was like if i love something i will never let my my passion not equal you know my work output you know what i'm saying and i had to really like teach and i learned that 17 years old so like when i got you know fast forward to when i well let's go back since i was like 14 mm-hmm. years old i wanted to be in the music industry what happened was an older cousin of mine um was in the music industry back in the 80s and he just inspired me i went to his house for like an easter dinner or something like that and he had dj dj equipment pay attention to me i was 12 13 years old now right. that was it i just thought i fell in love with it so um so since that day i was trying to get internships at different record labels so ironically um i'm from house queens there was a record label a distribution record label called Relativity Records mm. and Red Distribution mm-hmm. was not till you literally four blocks from my house in the hood. I don't know why they were in the hood, four blocks from my house. Right. And I would go and stand inside. And they had, so their roster was like Chi Ali, mm. Common, Young Wild Fat Joe. Like Chi yeah. Ali. Yeah, yep. Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah. You got the flow, Joe. You know, so that, that, you know you're talking about Original like, Fat Joe. Yeah, this this, this like yeah, 89, yeah. 90. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yo, I just got an intern. I got Get out of here, kid. Like, I'm like, I'm like, please. I said, I just want to enter on the work. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. I was like, oh, fuck. Was it hot, though? Yeah. So, so basketball, you're like, it's too hot. Internship, you're like, I'm a hey. Let me right. AC is inside. You felt the the cold air come yeah, out when they open the door? I did not hear. The cold air coming out. Um, yeah, so, and they was like, Get out of here, kid. I was like, fuck. So then I would. Apply for all these like I don't know how they find for me. I would apply for all these internships, music, and I was for the music business. I was like in uh in high school, and I it never would take. So I got to college, and um you know I started hanging around, hanging out, you know, and um ironically, uh with my good with my best friends, Chris Atlas, me and Chris went to college together. Mm. So Chris is like he's executive VP at Warner Brothers now. So we was like we's a ride trans girl, yo man. So he got, he got his first internship at Tommy Boy. Wow. And um and I got mine that they be called Pinches and Records. And I was like, yeah, kid, we we own, we own, we popping right now. All right, cool, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, internship. So, um, yeah. So I got my first internship and in, when I was in college, um, at a label called Pendulum Records. And on uh, Pendulum, their roster was like Diggle Plants. They just won a grain for Diggle Plants first album, cool like that. Mm-hmm. Laws of Underground. Um, that a, a older adult contemporary artist named Chris Walker. Uh, they had signed um Lisa Lisa. You know, so I interned there the fall of '94, and I was like, uh, I was technically like a sophomore in college, but I lied and said I was a junior, junior and senior. Oh wow! And they didn't check, so <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> I'm here now. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting because it, it's all a different kind of hustle, right? It, yeah. As far as you know, on the show, we have a lot of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people from GE on, yeah, and you yeah. know, like very corporate and state yeah. institutions. And the path is a little, a little bit more traditional, yeah, right? Like yeah. you don't stand in front of GE yeah. and wait to get an internship yeah. and become the CMO yeah, later. Yeah, right? exactly, um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, I, before I get to go there, huh. just do a little bit of bragging mm-hmm. on today. You know, the oh, roster okay. and the, you know, and well, yeah, so, so I start, so I, so like I said, so like my internship was four ninety four, 
And um, the, at that time, so I worked on like you know at the internship, I was looking to work on like those underground digital plans. Mm -hmm. Have to be um her first single we oh, put wow. that out. Have to be still friends to this day. Original um, real world. Yeah, real, yeah, real, real. <laughs> locks down. Well, <World> locks <laughs> exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so then uh, that happened, and then um. Uh, the company was having, you know, they were having some distribution issues and stuff. So my mentor, Charles Dixon, was like, yo, I want to meet someone. So I went and met this uh, older attorney named Louise West, um, prominent, prominent, influential uh, black female attorney. Mm. Uh, she's like the grandmother. Like, she's like my grandma. She's going to kill me for saying that. She's like, she's like the, the big sister, the godmother of like. Of you like said the, God the first time, right? yeah, yeah, I said the first time. Yeah, godmother. Yeah, it's the godmother of, of the, uh, of the. Uh, for, for, for black executives. Wow. And she's really looked out for a lot of us in so many ways. But um, so at that time, she was actually the attorney for Timberland and Missy, you know, and um, so she was like, oh, I want you to meet. It was like December 95. She's like, oh, I want you to meet, you know, some of my former clients. You'll probably love them. And, I, I, and walked Jay-Z and Damon. Mm. And they were like, yo, you know, good to meet you. Like, you know, we you know we starting, we got a new label situation. You just come fuck with us. I was like, bet. I was like, oh, man, I'm excited. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in college. I'm At this point, I'm just interning and help, I'm helping right. out with this a label. So my lawyer had an independent label she was partners with, with another uh, West Coast guy. Actually, he's a songwriter named, um, named Gary Taylor. So Gary Taylor was adult, adult uh, urban adult contemporary artist. Um, and, but he wrote uh, a bunch of records for like Vanessa Williams. Oh, wow. I think he wrote Sweet Love. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think he wrote some of Nita Baker stuff too. But he but he was his own man like stuff. So he has his own labels situation going on. Right. So I and I was like shit. I was like you're talking about December ninety five. Yeah. So I learned a lot, you know what I'm That's saying? Amazing, yeah. So then I finally called Damon and Jay Z and Damon was like, Yo, come see me after I get back from Gavin convention <laughs> in uh, Atlanta. I was like, All right, great, no problem. So I called to Gabby Day stuff and we find Yo, come down, come see me. I like you, you may have assistant kid, come see me. I was like yeah, <laughs> okay. that's bad, dude. I was trying to do. <laughs> twenty years old, twenty years old, that's bad, dude. By the time I want this, so I went, and you know, we just—it was like you know, love at first sight. You know, it was all good. You know, what I'm saying I love the company. I met Jay. We, you know, they had a vision. Damon was hilarious, but Damon, you know, I give Damon a lot of credit, man, because he really like gave me the tools to learn, man. And there's never Absolutely. one thing. One thing I like, I love about Damon, man. Like he, he just really. Gave you information and support you. If he believed, he believed in you, and he, and he still he, does. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I had a chance to interview him at, at um, uh, Magic or not okay. Magic, the, um, the Agenda, the Agenda, yeah. Um, and the same thing. Like he, like he was just giving game to the, yeah. the audience. It was, yeah. it was so great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, like the one for Damon. I don't know why I'd be. I mean, I'm sure I would be here, but I wouldn't be in this capacity because I think he gave me the real like the past. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, you know, I was like, you know, when I started at Rockefeller, I was like, uh, it was March 96, so I was 23 years ago. And I was, um, like 22 years old. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I quickly rose the ranks and he just, I was in every meeting. <laughs> this little what kid. The, what, so what was, the, what was the big difference between what you learned previously mm -hmm. or, or maybe how yeah. you learned previously yeah. to that shift in, in being with Rockefeller? Like, because, well, you know, I didn't really... When I the internship and working with you know the morning crew records thing the any label, I learned different different uh, things like because mm -hmm. of that. See, when I started out in the music business, my first job was it was called indie retail marketing. So indie retail marketing for, all the, for boys and girls, for all the young folks, there's be things called record stores, mom and pops, like in every neighborhood. There'd be like the record store you went to, mm -hmm. 
everyone knew you and they tell you what was good this week and what's coming out. So I got all my mixtapes. Of course. Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was the guy. So like, cause, so in Detroit, we, I went to, I had a Puffer Reds. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so I would call Puffer Reds, you know, 20, 23 years ago. Right, right, <laughs> you right. know, like, hey, you know, you got a new Jay-Z single? How's the song for you? Your song good? No problem. Thanks. I was called Tracking. So I would call, like, about, I had like 500 independent record stores that would call. Mm. And I would just check up on, you know, how things were selling. And then, you know, I could be honest, I think that's limitations over now. And then, you know, in those days, it was like, okay, well, here's some cleans. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So cleans were, cleans were the albums or the CDs that you got from the manufacturer that wasn't marked up so you can give it. It's like free money. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would give the cleans to my best, you know, constituents and they would say, oh, well, you know, check the sound scans week. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. You right, know right, exactly. That's not quickly learn how to manipulate sound scan. We won't, we won't talk about that. That's a long time ago. This is the old algorithm. Yeah, we won't talk. We won't talk about that. <laughs> we, I, I probably shouldn't put that on. There's probably some FCC violations. I might be. I should just self incriminate. Yeah, exactly. Let me not say that part. So, but, nah, but um, it was it was a, so yeah. So that was my job. It was an important thing because you know, hip hop in those days, you know, really lived in hip hop and rock. Well, lived, born, and raised in independent retailers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because they have to trust the community. You know, because they, they were in the community, so they had to trust the community. So when I went to the record store for the weekend and say, "What's dope? What's good? Hey, check this out!" So I went one time. It was like shit. It was might have been spring of '96. Mm. Hey, it, it was a retailer named uh, Side Learner at Hot Wax. Hot Wax, and I'm like, "Yo, Side, what's going on? What's popping?" Al, oh, you made life this. It was the Maxwell CD. I was like, okay, cool. Maxwell, Hank Square. I was like, good. I, I went to the office and I'm jamming. <laughs> and Dan was like, what the hell is that? I was like, Maxwell. He was like, yo, this kid's hot. So the, but then the whole office had Maxwell. Oh, wow. And then we started hanging out with Maxwell. And I'm telling you, the first album, he was on fire. And it's like, so that was the magic of independent retail. So you fast forward nowadays, speaking of innovation, we don't have that anymore. Right. You know, there's, there's no trusted person in the community that you see every day that's saying, you're like this. Oh, this is for you, right? You know what I'm saying? We don't really have that in the real personal, time. like personal, curation, yeah. yeah. So you know, so um, that was that. Was so back to the roster. So like, I did the so Jay Z. You know, obviously the Jay Z situation. Then we um, we we signed um, um, a group called Christian mm, that yeah. was based out in, in the Bay Area. Two that, brothers, right? Yeah, so two yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was that was our first signing. That was where our first signing. Rocket for we. We had another girl named Roughness, but I don't think she ever, she never came out really. Um, but yeah, so to me, so Chris Stein, and we found them when we were at my first trip to LA was in June of of '96, mm-hmm. and um, with Jay Z and such, and um, we we went to the party office, and one of the uh, employees, I forgot her name, really really cool cool lady. She was like, yo, guys, check this out. And it was Chris Stein. I was like, we love it. We got to sign this shit. Yeah, they were dope. I, yeah. yeah. And then one of them went solo for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alan Anthony, yeah. So, but yeah, so that, and then, um, and then, so then we, we started to expand the roster. So Kanye, yeah, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, But when Kanye was at the label, I wasn't there anymore because I left Rockefeller in like, like four, like four years later and I went to Electra. So when I left Rockefeller, we probably just had like, Clue albums. Mm-hmm. We had Beanie Siegel. I was a part of the Beanie Siegel thing. We had uh, state property stuff. Um, it's basically oblique. Yeah, yeah. Oblique. Um, so then I went to Electra, and then Electra, that's when I really, I felt 
it was more big time. If I corporate structure, right? I was in the skyscraper building on Sixth Avenue. No, that was yes, yeah, twelve nine. Well, it's an interesting progression, right? You go from yeah. like task to yeah. empowerment to like business, yeah. And like it's a it's an interesting trajectory um, to be that. What what's been your like? You've talked about teaming. Uh, one thing I noticed about you mm-hmm. is you remember very intricate details, mm-hmm. and I think that's important when you're yeah. building relationships, right? Yeah. Like I know where I met you, what yeah. your name is, what your cousin yeah. was doing. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you say has been your uh, maybe that's part of it, but your secret to the staying power? Um, this passion and no one to shut the fuck up. It's having passion, but no one to fuck up, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Because you know, because you know, it's it's like, and I, I tell people all the time. The reason why a lot of people fail in business because they don't have a team. Hmm. This is a cutthroat, trippy ass, moody ass business. Yeah, if you don't have people on your team who got you, you know, got your back a thousand percent. Right, wrong, or indifferent, mm-hmm. you're not really gonna make it because you can't trust, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants something from you and trying to get something, and you don't know who looks at your back. So, but having that team, you kind of know how to maneuver things. And some people don't even know people on my team. So, it's even that's even funny. Like, oh, you didn't realize that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> right, I heard right. you. You know what I'm saying? But so it's like, I think that's been the secret of my success is having that team and also this, like I said, keeping the, maintaining the passion. Like, one of my, one of my good friends. Uh, Gabe, Gabe Tessario, he's like the one of the heads of Def Jam Press in the early Kanye days. <laughs> we, 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 we gonna be written and shit. He's like, Al, keep the passion, lose the emotion, bro. Lose the emotion, bro. I was like, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. So it says that keep the passion, lose the emotion. Uh, um, what was that part of it? Because I, I, I find yeah. that with a lot of entrepreneurial people, yeah. right? You go from like, this is whatever, your your yeah. passion is so closely attached yeah. to your creative energy. Yeah. But then you have to separate it. And it's, yeah. it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It, I, you know, you know I, I just think that I think life's about accountability. And I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time like this. Brief, I spent a lot of time, you know, talking to different people from different walks of life. And, you know, getting their jewels or their thoughts. But also spend a lot of time like, you got to fix your shit in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, I, I look at a lot of people and I'm like, but so you true. gotta fix your shit, man. Yeah. Like, you gotta face this. We all have our demons and our issues. And I'm not trying to say like you should be. I don't think anyone should try to make every every deficiency. You know, you should try. You shouldn't fix every deficiency. I don't mm-hmm. think you should. And I and I always felt that way, but it was confirmed when I ran to. I hope I'm not quoting this wrong, but I ran to some um to some uh former Google employees and that that. They run a they run a thing called Zoo Labs in yeah. the Bay area. Yep. Yeah, Vanita and um and, mm-hmm. um and her husband Dave, right? Yeah, yeah. So I met them and they were like, and they were like, they were like, yeah. So the Google way is that you don't really fix your weaknesses. You just find someone on your team who, who who can strengthen your weaknesses. Right. But you do what you do best. So their fear is always about do what you do best. Don't worry about fixing what you're not good at. Right. You find someone that could do that and likes to do that. Yeah, and I always say, damn, I always felt that way. I felt it was crystallized. Like, damn, I always felt the way. Like, why am I gonna look if you if if you if you're good at shooting, then I'll make sure you shoot. I'm gonna grab the rebound. I was cool with that. Right, but you can't shoot, grab the rebound. You can't do all these things. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I There's think very few all around players. Yeah, right. Like, you, know, yeah. you got to divide and conquer. And this this is a very much a marathon approach. This business is a marathon. And so like now, like when I when I when I meet new artists now, you know, I always try to. Talk them through the process because I always try to say, you know, I really don't want to sign anybody else. What do you mean? I was, I was like, well, you know, there's so many pits, pitfalls. Let me tell you some stories. And I always try to see where they're at mentally and what they're right. trying to accomplish. Um, but you know, like, like that's why, I like, 
Like I knew when I met Jeezy, I was like, this guy's a superstar. I knew Jeezy got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I said this is a six four white kid, looks like a supermodel. We say he's gonna make white people cool again. Yeah, <laughs> of course. He made, he made white folks cool. I read that. I was like, that's how he made like white it. folks cool again. <laughs> which he did, which is funny because that was a goal. I I, I I quoted that. I, yeah. I walked into All Saints and yeah. I, I put on a jacket and I made a joke. I was like, yeah. I look like G Easy. And then I I uh, I was with my wife and I told yeah. her I was like, this dude said that G Easy was gonna make uh, white folks cool again. Because for me, they wasn't cool for me. Right, right, right. No, like, he, he definitely... Not again, not again, not again. <laughs> but yeah. Well, okay, so the quick anecdote in, yeah. along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also had a, a quote of you saying, uh-huh. you know, you're either a song, an artist, or a brand. Yeah. And when you explained G-Eazy, it was like you yeah. saw the James Dean coolness yep. of it, but re- mm-hmm. in, reinvigorated. Because you know what? Because he understood song structure. Mm-hmm. And that's important. He Understand how to write a song is so important. Right. You know, a lot of these guys, we jump, jump with the mumble rappers, some guys, Rich Kid knows, believe it or not, Rich Kid understands how to write songs. Mm-hmm. Like he really does. He he understands the start, the progression, the piece of right. He you can't really you can't really teach that. Right. And a lot of times, if you have an artist that doesn't understand that in the studio, it becomes very frustrating. I don't do the analog stuff, right. but I've been enough times say someone doesn't get it. You know, it's the most frustrating thing in the world when they don't get those simple intricacies right. of how to make a record. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like when I say, okay, this guy has a look, he has charisma. You know what I'm saying? He has a style. You know what I'm saying? And he understands song structure. Right. I'm not trying to say, I, and a lot of times me, I might like a song, but I know consumers won't love it. But then for me, is that I know what I've been thinking, what I like and what consumers would like. Right. And I'm not, and I don't like. You're not attached to Yeah, I'm not attached and I don't blur lines. Here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a fucking, can I curse? If you all, you've already I'm, done I'm, it. I'm, so. I'm, oh, okay. Well, no. I'm, 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 I'm fishing for it. <laughs> proceed. <laughs> proceed. <laughs> My favorite part of uh, Tombstone. I shall proceed. You, you seen that too. Okay. You, you seen the movie proceed. Tombstone? Yes, a long time ago. Back in the days. Yeah, yeah. So remember they had the shootout and why the, the shootout and what's, what's the crazy one, the drunk one? The yeah, drink uh, one wider. No, wait. No, wide rider. Uh, uh, Doc Holliday. Yes, he was about to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, so he was shooting out the shit. He gets back in the ball and he's like, proceed, sir. <laughs> and they get a shit with That's how I felt. So, anyway, uh, as I shall proceed. Um, so, yeah, so um, I kind of feel like, you know, like I tell people all the time, like, you know, you really get, keep it real, man. Most, we probably get, we're lucky. You look at the charts, you probably get about five bona fide hits per year. Mm-hmm. It's probably five real hit records per year. I mean, hit records are records that make you stop and say, what the fuck that is here? Right. What is that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That happens probably like five times a year. Well, speaking of which, congratulations on the Billboard 100. Oh, thank you. Thank, that, thank that's you. amazing. Because I, I think that like aligns well with what you just said, right? Yeah. Like, like being able to steer an artist and, a, mm-hmm. and an entire like team yeah. toward you know stardom and 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 repetition yeah, of success. Because exactly. you got to know what it is. So... My thing is like, you can't. We gotta stop bullshitting ourselves. I'm blunt. I tell a client like, yo, this ain't hit B. It's not a hit record, but it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. We we'll get one. Let's just keep doing what we doing. That's called arts development. You know what I'm saying? Because I tell arts all the time, the worst thing in the world to be is like, no one knew who you last year, and now you somebody. Right. With this record attached to you, that's a hard thing. Well, I was thinking about that. So I've been thinking about this for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And I've. I, Put a thing on Facebook once, yeah. and I was like, "How many artists do we know th- that never beat their first album? Like, just yeah. in terms of like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's incredible." Yeah. And then the next, the second, third, fourth, I mean, like, okay, I, I yeah. appreciate it, yeah. right? And well, yeah. So, what? Why is that? Um, so many reasons. 
for one, I think for one, I think we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of you know the music industry is based on a lot of um, very orchestrated, very contrived. You know what I'm saying? Very, very, very success driven. You know, which is unfortunately, I think I think female rappers have been the the biggest victim of that. You know, this being contrived and someone you know doing everything for you and you mm. showing up like, hey, I'm here. It was, you right. know, it's like. You know, I think that's been the case. So I think what happens is you have a lot of situations where, like, you know, there was never, no, never sold direction behind in the first place. Right. They just got lucky and somebody orchestrated hits for them and they just like, okay, cool. And they fell in place. They really, really, truly have a real, you know, uh, foundation for themselves. Right. And they know, they know who they wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you're just not that good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, sometimes records come out. It's in the moments in the mood. People love it, but it's really not that good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, going, going along those same lines, going back to this, you know, song, artist, or mm-hmm. brand, how do you discern which is which? When, when you, let's say you first yeah. encounter a new yeah. artist, yeah. you know, um, how do you discern which one? Okay, so which, I got, so, mistake one so, the other? so there was this, there was this, I, so I, I just signed, you know, with, with my partner Gene and G, this artist, why I think it's going to be like a groundbreaking artist. Mm. Um, you know, he's not reinventing the wheel, but he's interpreting it in his own way. His name is Safe. And so what happened was, so one of my really good friends, I friend read that Steve, in your brand new bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my updated revised bio. <laughs> when it came in this morning. I was like, exactly. yeah, I see, all right, cool. Perfect timing. Um, <laughs> proceed. Yeah, I said I proceed. Uh, <laughs> continue to rock the mic. So, uh, so yeah, so Safe, you know, when I, um, one of my really good friends, Steve Collis, you know, he discovered him. Nurture them, put the put the positive game. I was like, this is incredible. But when I, I can hear music, and and feel a vibe because mm-hmm. I'm I'm really like I always say like, anything from 1970 to current and like R and B hip hop, I know it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I know that shit back and forth. Mm-hmm. I can take a sample. We well, yeah, label all that shit. Wow. You know, I'm into that shit really big. You know, because I because I, I can say myself to be a fucking uh, uh a critic at this point. I'm yeah. a critic, my life, and I'm a critic. Yeah, you get a little smoking jacket yeah, and yeah, yeah, sit yeah. back and just yeah, listen. Exactly. And, and I'm gonna get a thin pencil mustache. <laughs> you know. And um and I'm gonna drink but, but I'm only gonna drink my Cavassier out of a out of a flat out of a stainless steel flask. Nice. I'm gonna go ah. I, I see yeah. <laughs> I, I pictured chalice, but yeah. that's you know. I, I do the flask. I'm, I'm more portable. I'm portable. Um but yeah, so um so you know, when when, when you hear certain things it reminds you of certain things. So, like, when I heard this guy, I said, damn, this is, like, it's weekendish. I get the relation, but it's also Sade, but it's a vibe here. Mm. And for me, like, I've been doing this for so long, I can tell when someone's really got it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, damn, he gets it. You know what I'm saying? He gets simplicity. But one thing I always know about music, you can't, certain things are undeniable. Tones are undeniable. Mm-hmm. If you're an R&B or pop artist and your tone is on point, you can really do no wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, think of think of think of Halsey. Mm-hmm. She's not my client, but her tone is fucking money. Mm-hmm. You know it's her every fucking time. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's her cadence, how she says things. So like so I could I could hear someone say, Okay, this is this is good. This is gonna be it's different, it's innovative. Right. You know, it's because nothing's really new. Everything's kind of repurposed and reimagined. Absolutely. So as a marketing person, and man, I'm wrong for this, but I try to put things in boxes. And man, I'm wrong for doing that. Right. They don't stay, but for my for my mind to comprehend, I gotta say, this belongs here, or this is here, this is what this is about. Right. You know, I may change, you know, as time goes on, but I have to start with somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So so a lot of times 
I could tell by the body of work. And I always tell artists, don't put out one single. Put out body of work. Put out five or six songs. Absolutely. Because, because you put one song out, you sell the song. You need to sell your brand. Did you see what Tierra Whack did? No, but no, but I love her. No, I, I, love, I, did, like, uh, I did see some of the stuff. So one of my... Her, one all of, of, the whole album is one minute. Like, it just, the song just cuts off. And it's like, you absolutely want more of it. Oh, and that might drive me crazy. It, did, it does drive me crazy, but it's but she, it'd be different if she wasn't as yeah, good yeah. as she no, was. She, she's good. She's really so, good. Really good. Yeah. She, um, she's good. Um, and one of my really, really close uh, young homies, um, ironically, is my is my brother in law. Mm. But not my whatever. My brother in law. So <laughs> my my oldest daughter from right. Philadelphia, uh, her uncle was there almost a year or two apart. His name is Swizzy Mac. Okay, okay. He put me on. He put me on. Ironically, this guy sat in my fucking my patio in land three years ago and put me on to Rich the Kid, Tierra Wack, Famous Dex, all these crazy right. kids. And I'm like, who the fuck? See what I'm saying? I'm like, he knew it because he's. 23 years old. That's right, 23 right. years old. He knew it. He's 20 years old. But um, yeah, so I know Tierra Wack is dope. And like I said, that's a brand. She's not yes. being about this song. That's what it is. Like, you have to be a brand. You have to be more than just that song because the song won't make it anymore. So in many ways, your job as CMO, obviously yeah. to market the company yeah. and all those things, but also to market these artists and help them figure out their own marketing. So yeah. you take somebody like Nikki, yeah. right, who becomes a, an iconic brand and yeah. also begins to align with yeah. other brands, the Pepsis of the yeah. world and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, how do you steer that part of it, like the expansion of the brand? Because you go from tone yeah. and like, okay, you know how to yeah. write a song to yeah. dominance, I guess. Um, you got to know what you're selling. You know what I'm saying? You know, she's like, Nikki is pretty easy because, first of all, she's the smartest motherfucker ever. She's super smart. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She gets it. You, you could, like, start off with, like, one, two, three, and she'll go to 10 million on you. Well, she just, nice. you know, she's so smart and so cerebral. But, um, so a lot of times what you try, you try to find brands going to be in line with what the artist's personality is. Right. Like, I, I, I believe that you shouldn't, like, Work of brands you don't really believe in, or Absolutely. you don't really believe in, because it's like you know it's, it's gonna be disingenuous. And I think the one thing that artists need to understand about fans and the fan relationship it has to be genuine. Right, it's gotta feel genuine. Yeah, like they're there for a particular reason. And nowadays, it's harder now. It's harder and easier now than it was when I first started because right. I didn't have the tools when I first started. You know, I didn't know who the fans were. I couldn't talk to fans in Spokane. I couldn't talk to fans in Alaska. Yeah. I, I just put the fucking record out, and I went to a show. The whole people showed like, up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I'm saying? Crickets. You know, I, you guess, know. I guess we shouldn't come back here. Exactly. But but I, I always, it's funny because when I first started, when I first started, like, you know, with Jay-Z and shit, and everybody did this. Back in the days, like, when you got booked for a show, you knew to go to a station before the show and do an right. interview. And go do your show. Everyone knows that. Nowadays, I got clients now, like, you're not going to radio? <laughs> like, but, but like, it's the radio. I'm like, dude, like, you, you're supposed to go here at least and, like, tell people you're in town. But they don't have to anymore because they got the social media stuff. Right. So it's like, hey, just touch down. Risk the kid. I'm in town. All five million followers come yeah. home in town. You know? Meet me in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. well, okay. Exactly. You know. Um, uh, again, I think with um, extending that brand, I think there's this other piece of it. You told this great anecdote yeah. in a, a, another setting about Kanye yeah. and the deal with Nike. Oh, yeah. And they didn't perceive him as an athlete. And it surprised so me just because, you know, from the outside looking in, mm -hmm. you go like, 
it's Kanye or it's Nicki yeah. or it's whomever, yeah. whatever artist. Yeah. It's an easy yes. And yeah. I think there's always a perception problem yeah. with who the talent is and mm. what the brand thinks yeah. of them and mm-hmm. whether it fits. Like, how do you, because that's that's all a pitch process, yeah. right? It's it's pitching and saying, convincing that brand or that yeah. artist to, like, collaborate. Yeah, so, I mean. Uh, well, how does the pitch work? Well, I mean, I've been pitching things in a while because I, I did a really smart thing in high school. Way better than me at this called Ma- named Matt Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> I, I collect talent. Like, you're really good at this shit. <laughs> That's right. Come it's work t- with us. Let's step out of your way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I always say, like, buy, sell, merge. If I'm going to buy the company, I'm merging, or yeah. I'm selling this shit because it's not worth it. But yep. so it's like, so I found good talent. Yo. Let's, 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 merge, let's get together and do what we do. But so, but a lot. So a lot of times, to answer your question, a lot of times it's not really the pitch because they come to you most of the time knowing what they kind of want. The biggest struggle you have is once you're getting the deal done is the deliverables and trying to get them to understand the artist world and the artist world right. living. It's like, well, this doesn't make any sense, and here's why. Or Nicki or Kanye wouldn't do it this way, or Jay Z would do it this way. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of get them to understand. Okay, now I know what you your agenda, but now I'm gonna take it to the world. How we get this done? So it's it seems genuine right. to your constituents and our constituents because you don't want them to feel like someone threw a Pepsi can in your hand and you don't really ever drink oh, yeah. Pepsi. Well, I, I used to run the innovation practice at yeah. OMD and Pepsi was one of yeah. my biggest clients. And yeah. not Pepsi, but just a ton of other you yeah. know clients would be like, let's just get them to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, that's way off for yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's there's always this perception and interpretation issue mm-hmm. that needs to be negotiated. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. well, can you, you know. It's, 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 it's so funny because I ran into I was speaking of that, the example, because I ran into um one of my good friends last night, um uh Dar- Darren Woodhouse. And so me and Willie did a lot of things, been friends for a long time, but he was at Samsung, we did the Lil Wayne deal, which is an interesting deal because like I didn't really have to get involved in that because Matt Fregno and Ted took care of that. But anyway, so uh but I'm aware of it. So <laughs> so uh so no one expected the Lil Wayne Samsung thing to go the way it did. No one, they they never saw it. They never saw it coming. Oh, we're gonna do this thing. It'd be cool. They expect him to be on time. One, they expect him to be so professional. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they were just blown away. Shy Day was blown away. Oh my God, I love working these guys. So That's great. Dope. They just gave right? goosebumps. That's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know it happened. They on, they on. Because you know they on, they on. So the campaign comes out and it's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. You know. So then we supposed to re up. No, they they told us, they said they said this Lil Wayne campaign has the best numbers we've ever seen, best metrics we've ever seen, and they were on fire. And then they <laughs> speak the fire. <laughs> then because the phone started catching on fire. What? Oh right, right. yeah, exactly. Right. And then they panicked. Yeah, they panicked, and we had no Lil Wayne campaign. Actually, burned my Jerry curl on a on a Samsung. Oh phone. man, yeah, damn it's man. Oh, oh shit, what happened? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. how it starts. Well, yeah, that's yeah, how it all got bolts. Yeah, man. Jerry curl fire. Yeah, man. You know, you practice in 2017. Wow, wow. <laughs> so. Can you still find activator now? Yeah, I, I make my own. The carefree, you're the carefree curl. Yeah, uh, Jerry curl. I have no. I had an S curl. Yeah. Graduated to Jerry. No, no California curl. I, you know, I'm from Detroit, man. We <laughs> S curl. S curl's good. Pump waves. Far as you go, <laughs> you gonna put some gators on? You gonna put some pink gators on? <laughs> All right, uh, proceed. So yeah, so um, I shall proceed. Change about the mic. Um, yeah, so so what happened was so you know they had a little snafu, and a pride call on fire. I was like, but we had a really another campaign. And they was like, they backed out. I was like, why would y'all back out of this thing? Like, we just changed the whole perception. And you know what I'm saying of what Samsung meant to consumers. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I know, man. It wasn't enough. I was not good. It happens, but 
that's what I'm saying. A lot of times the brands right. don't they don't necessarily trust the market, you know. And I, I think a lot of brands are not deeply attached with the what the market demands from them. They're trying to make it be this way, but this right. for people to perceive it. And I think a lot of times it's like, you know, I think it's market research. I think it's going out there and knowing what people want and expect, you know, from the product, you know. And I was trying to tell them like, I think you guys are overthinking this you know, situation because you have someone, Lil Wayne. This guy's mm-hmm. an icon, you know what I'm saying? You should keep following it. And they didn't do it. With the first example I'm trying to say about what you said about how the attach brands and the arts together. Sure. That's you trying to make that magic. And sometimes when you have the magic, they still don't get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah. can't get that moment back, you know? Um, as we wind down, yeah. Um, the show is called Innovation Crush, uh, mm-hmm. and you've seen a lot. You just mentioned the Samsungs of the world. You've seen mm-hmm. new artists. You, I'm imagining you've traveled the world a lot. Um, what have you seen out there that you're personally crushing on? You know, just something that's like gave you goosebumps recently. You're like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Oh man, probably this six foot mile I seen at this event last week. Now I'm flying, flying. I'm joking. No, you're not. Yeah, he said crush. I'm like, I mean, that crush. I guess I should. Right, right. Um, not um, patient crush. Um, actually, I had a meeting when you leave or twelve meeting uh, with this company. Yeah, you, yeah, you might, yeah, yeah, it's a company, and it's kind of like a GoPro situation. Well, they made this video, this video camera mm-hmm. that uh, can attach to like, it's a wearable, right? I think and, I know what you're talking about. And and the shit goes right to your phone. It, it streams right to your phone, right to your phone, right. Oh man, I'm excited about that. What's that the um the BMX dude, uh, black guy? He Steve has, Williams. No, uh, well, I'm gonna draw a blank on his name. Anyway, he has a series called Go. Okay, and it's all it's a similar type of camera, mm-hmm. and he because he's a BMX, he like goes yeah. he bikes through all these cities. So he's yeah. done Japan, Paris. Wow. I mean to- Tokyo, Paris, wow. London, uh, Miami, and it's just like probably like eight minutes worth of first person video, but yeah. it's it's so clean and so well so yeah. like, along those lines that's yeah. my innovation crush like looking at yeah. the potential of what sorts yeah. of content that you can create and yeah. like I love when people take a nugget of something like that yeah. and like flip it into yeah. really dope creative like you yeah. you put something in the hands of an artist yeah. and like the the mind goes a little bit different than the, even the people who invented the thing yeah, would, would take yeah I mean and, that, and that's what I'm, I'm really I'm you know I'm in I'm definitely very innovative in the sense that I have several pet peeves in life. Like, my biggest pet peeve in life is, like, my two biggest pet peeves is when people refer to God as a man. I got a problem with that. Hmm. I'm like, don't refer to God as a man. It's a spirit. Michael Beckwith said God created man in his image, and ever since then, we've been trying to return the favor. Ah, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to think about that. When he still had dreadlocks. I'm going to find him on that. Hairline. But um, so and, and my second pet peeve is like when you go to a fast food restaurant and they're gonna put the ketchup packets on your fries. That's all right. Lose it every time. It's the two. Those two very opposite ends of the spectrum it's, it's, of. But those, those are my two biggest like <laughs> God and French fries. French. That's French, French fries. Call this episode, French fries with, bac- French fries. with bacteria loaded ketchup packets <laughs> on my French fries is the most disgusting thing on the face of. So anyway, um, but um, but but yeah, but so I always see myself as a person. And I think good companies try to solve problems, right. and and when I look at the whole tech world, what's innovative, what's cool to me is that they're trying to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And I think solving problems are what we all what we all Absolutely. here for. It's like 
doing things in vet. I think there's a journey though. I think some things yeah. come out as a novelty and then they have meaning later. Somebody yeah. decides to apply meaning to yeah. it or, you know. Exactly. Um, so I think there's that collective, but yes, like yeah, it, so so that so you know, I'm innovative and you know, so I'm I, I appreciate products that solve problems. Um and business wise, I'm I'm on the campaign now, you know, from innovation. I want to change management contracts. Mm -hmm. I think management contracts is unfair um, because I think I've been the victim of... Mine is fair. Right? Really? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, right? So, but because my issue with it is, is like, you know, it's like, and I've, you know, I've been a part of so many times, like I've started artists from day one, had a great relationship with them, helped them grow. They're on top of the world. And they fire me, or we go separate ways for various reasons. Mm -hmm. But then they're still getting royalties on the records that I helped them create, or the ideas that helped them, you know, right, right, right. do. The artists are getting paid; they're still doing show staple centers. You know, the publishers license songs, getting publishing on it. The label is still getting Spotify checks, but the management is right. not getting anything. Yeah, and I'm like, that's just not fair to me. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever I worked on in that period of time, it's a separate entity. The way I feel it should be now is I'm trying to make it happen is that if if I manage you today, to manage you today, Chris, and I'm managing you, mm -hmm. from this February 8th, three-year period, February 8th, 2019 to 20, whenever that period ends, that's a separate entity. Mm. And I should get paid on that entity a royalty for the rest of my life. Because you are. Right. So why is so why so why why can I get paid? Why can I feed my family for shit I created? Because most artists to tell you, the managers in the studio, the artists side by side, dragging them out of girlfriends' houses, dragging them out of crack dens, making them do fucking things they don't want to do, mm. and they're successful. So I don't get paid for it, right. right? You know what I'm saying? Like, how's my family eat? How do I survive? I, I'm a I'm a quote Jay Z. I'm a quote. Yeah, I I heard people saying they made hove. Make another hole. Okay, so make another hole. And I did that, <laughs> and I've done that. Right. I'm making another hole, but I've made. Right, he's, right. He's right. He's right. Well, he's, he's right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I've done that. You know, what I'm I've done that I'm, with Kanye yeah. West. I've done that with Drake. I mean, I was there from. Different for me is different for me and my team. We're there from day one. I hope discover this shit. If I don't discover it, I'm there for like I'm there for anything substantial. I'm like, yo, this shit is good. Let's fuck with this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's for me and my team. So like. So for me, you know, when I first sat that with Jay Z, people didn't really believe in him. Nobody wanted to sign it. That's why he started rocking for the records. Right. You know what I'm saying? When I first met Drake, he was like, "Man, you know, I don't know. I said this best I've best I've had records a hit. Mm -hmm. I said this is a hit. I got you, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's like to me, I feel like how is it fair that I could be on the? I mean, I've literally been in concerts where I made artists go to the studio and record songs. Yeah. They didn't want to. It's a hit. So like, why do I get paid? Yeah, well, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not fair. So I want an innovative. I want to innovate. I want to fix that problem. I'm, right. I'm, I'm so many of my team. We want to fix that problem. Also, I feel too. Labels call me. Yo, Al, you know, you want your man such and such. I'm like, oh, I meet with, I meet with them because part of what I do, I feel it's almost like a ministry. I'm here to save young black men male's lives. Yeah, through hip hop. If I could give someone confidence. Yeah. Like I, I feel, I help save Jay Z life. The money's really in the streets. Mm -hmm. We first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I feel like me, the whole team, Damon, us. I love and supported him, help, you know, save his life and make him the person he is now. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, and, you know, and, and I'm fine with that. I got the education. But the point I'm trying to say is that I just don't think it's fair that managers aren't being compensated for mm. what they've done in perpetuity forever. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I, and I, I mean, I love, like, a complex problem like that. And, and then 
discovering a simple solution, right? Because yeah. and one that's fair and works for yeah. everybody. Because exactly. but most people immediately go to it's either black or it's white, right? Let's yeah. explore that thin line yeah. in the middle. I'm like, let's, let's do what's right. And that happens in all sorts of businesses, yeah, right? Like, like it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Let's, let's do what's right. Let's do what's yeah. fair. You know what I'm saying? Because the whole point of this thing, the whole point of life, man, is about happy time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, being happy as possible and having good quality life. You know, that's what the whole thing's about. So to me, it's like, if I realize that this made me unhappy and my team unhappy, I should try to fix it. So, so even like labels call me, hey, want you a man such and such, a new us. I'm like, okay, I manage them. I want 15 percent from the artist management, and I want the label to give me a 10 percent royalty. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not crazy because no, you, you're not. You're not crazy. using yeah. me anymore. You're crazy. <laughs> I want to make your shit. You have someone that's talented that you invested millions of dollars that you can't control or don't. You think you need my help? So I'm gonna come and help you just for free. Let the fuck out of here. No, you're gonna you're gonna pay me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or not. I don't care for I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like the power of saying no and not needing shit is so liberating. It's a beautiful feeling. And it's, hard, it's hard to do sometimes. It's you, for some. Yeah, for some. It's off it's off me at first too, because I felt like damn, you not care so much. And I was like, yo, but do they care about me? Right. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to be, and I realized I took my pause. No, we said we all agreed. They take we got time to be people taking advantage of us. We get tired of it. Last but not least, mm-hmm. complete this phrase for me. Yep. Innovation to me is? Innovation to me is problem solving in the sexiest, most concise way. Which you just delivered. It was meta. <laughs> it was a very meta uh, response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from like, Queens. It was like, concise. Queens. All right. Yeah, yeah. Meta wrote peace out. Meta wrote peace. I'm like a fan. <laughs> um, where can people go to find out more about you, Blueprint, the artist? Uh, I mean, it's uh, a... It's such a, a, a massive ecosystem and world yeah, around you. Yeah, I'm I'm a little anonymous by choice. Fair no, enough. I like I like me to go to I like, I like to go to my local strip just club and have noticed. Three black dude. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just want to be my. I want to go to a strip club and be unnoticed. There you go. That's, six, that's where you find the six foot uh, innovation crowd. Sometimes, right, right, right. Most of most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, this has been another installment of Innovation Crest. Thanks for for doing this. This is awesome. thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel innovative right now. You you are you, Thank you. you you felt it before you walked in the room. Nothing <laughs> to do with it. I feel less innovative. That's the that's the problem. Come on, you, I know you got some good stories. <laughs> I had one, okay. um, but that was oh, that was that was that was a bad night. Let me ask you a question. What do you feel is the most innovative thing about about the music industry, in your opinion, most innovative currently? I was going to ask you about um, collaboration. That was one thing, but yeah. I think also just the. There's a wide variety of choice out there, right? Like, yeah. as you're talking, I'm thinking about Xavier Omar and mm. Sango and, yeah. you know, these artists at, like, B-plus level, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, my Spotify yeah. playlist at the end of the year was just so, you know, we went from that to, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alaska. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I was walking through. I told you I was gonna sing. Oh. Through I see streams and oh yeah, you understand? Why you just glaze over? Because it's not because it's not R and B hip hop. But I it's think, pop. and not only that, I think just the the 
where the points of influence come mm. into the craft. Yeah. Because yeah. you're you discover so much. I like, yeah. I watch Revolt. That's why my first my first uh-huh. kind of with G Easy was yeah. watching Revolt TV and okay. the I mean it video. Yep. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And then I just went down the rabbit hole. And I'm yeah. that, I'm that guy that goes down the rabbit hole. If I find yeah. something that I like I like, yeah. next thing you know, I'm yeah, at the show. Because yeah. <laughs> be, and but it comes from all over the place, yeah. right? Um, yeah. You just you just never know. So I think you look at the global influence of mm-hmm. one artist, you know, yeah. and I mean, and not their influence, but yeah. our inputs to, yeah. to what they've created. It's just that's why I love Tierra yeah. Whack. Yeah, you know, now I think she's like, those, those. Yeah. I mean, my my only I believe my only was not innovative is record labels relying on Spotify and Apple to pay them, right? And I don't understand. Like, it's your music. You're a record label. You're worth billions of dollars. Build your own shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's, you know, I think it, that's a harder ask. I think it's more about diversifying revenue streams than it is about creating a platform for people to experience music. I yeah. think it's diversifying, like, where you show up as an artist, as a business, mm. and how you show up, and yeah. how you, like, slice yourself up into many avenues that still don't disrupt the brand. That but, you but, 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 and you're right. But that's the problem with the music industry. What happens in the music industry? Even my music industry went down the tubes a couple of years ago and lasted for 10 years. A lot of my good friends, some people lost their lives. Yeah. Because we relied on other people. Right. To sustain our ecosystem. And I'm like, if you're universal, you know, they say universal is worth estimated $33 billion. You can't mm-hmm. you can build your own goddamn platform, streaming platform, and charge three ninety nine a month for it. You don't need spot. Like, cut the middleman out. But why? I, well, I don't why know. I fully agree. Why I, I, I mean, I, okay. I, I, I get it, because, but it, but you know how hard it is to build a universe? It's like uh, Louis C.K. once said, like, people were complaining it's about it. It's not the hard you got money. You can buy, like, oh, no, buy them. True. Because but, Jimmy, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Beats is. Apple Music is based on the fact that he bought Moog. What a Moog, Moog, what the fuck was Right. I remember they bought the shit. So I just bought the new company. I'm like, what's this guy talking about? Yeah. I mean, I, I know because I, I work for you. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? But he about? bought something somebody he else bought built, something right? And so made that's, it better. Right. So and, for me to start something from scratch, yeah. I, the work I need to do to get it to a yeah. uh, you know to a level of a, yeah. impact of a yeah. you know the competitors yeah. that you mentioned, it's a, it's a lot. It's not as turnkey as you would like it to be. I think there's yeah. smart avenues and smart plays you yeah. can do. And I like you were talking about. Um, uh, would you say? Hire, sell, or the oh, three buy, sell, merge. I say acquire, mimic, or collaborate. Okay, right. I like, like that. Still that's, that's, I'm that's, still that. Thank you. It's in my book. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna give it to you. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is yeah. it's like you you either acquire the company, yeah, or you mimic the things yep. that are working about it, yep. or you find a way to collaborate, yeah, and, and, and everybody wins. Exactly. So, um, but I competition. I call it uh, that's <laughs> what 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 a, a, a really good marketing brain. Uh, um. I hate not forget people's names. Uh, shit. Anyway, he had this Phil Pavone. He had this thing. He said uh, about ten years ago. He said, "I was about competition." I said, "What the fuck is that?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Cooperate with your competition for a common goal." I said, "Oh Absolutely. shit, frenemies." For about six months, mm-hmm. I worked on getting Hilton and Airbnb to work together. Wow, right? And, and it, it didn't happen, but like we got everybody at the table. Yeah. Everybody was a game for it because yeah. it's like. 
if I'm a Hilton Diamond member, yeah. why can't one of my membership perks be that I make money when I go stay at your hotel? Exactly. Like, like I can Airbnb out my place while I'm staying at your yeah. place. So, yeah. you know, creating those win-wins. And yeah. I think if you, uh, you know, like that thin line we talked about, the black yeah. and white, mm-hmm. it's a, like there's a solution there. Yeah. If you, if you are, in, if you walk into the problem with an inventive spirit. Yes. Not like, yes. but this is mine, that's yours. Yes. Like, yes. you want mine exactly. or I'm not exactly. giving up mine. You, exactly. You're giving up yours. Yeah. So, um, uh, all right. I really enjoy talking to you. Oh, that's great. I look forward to hanging out with you in the future, man. We yeah, man. Together, man. Thanks, Take everyone. This has been another installment of Innovation Crush, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>